0: Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohaib Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C., and welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So this week, we read Parshat Balak, which is one of these wonderful Parshas that has one of these incredible, credible stories of... Bilam, this prophet, and Balak, the king who hires him to go curse the Israelites, and then just doesn't work, it doesn't work, and God gets involved, but only sort of involved, etc. And it's just one of those stories that's really rich with human dimension and with interesting details and a talking donkey, of course, who doesn't want a talking donkey. Now, The challenge with a Parsha like this is that because it is one contained story, you can't really just hone in on any little section of the Parsha, I think, and and derive a Dvar Torah about it without zooming out and looking at the whole Parsha itself. Right? I don't like to just take a little bit of the story and analyze it if you're not gonna consider the rest of the story also. And so what I wanted to do today is provide a lens through which to read this narrative and so to kind of, I guess, help stimulate everyone's thought processes, um, as you are perhaps in shul this week or reading the Parsha on your own, to think about what is this story really about? Now, there is a fundamental question that we have to ask about Parsha Balak, which is simply, why is this story in the Torah? Now, you could argue that's a good question to ask about any story that's in the Torah, but this one, I think, is especially important. Why? Why? i would venture it's probably just about the only story that does not concern a single israelite does not actually affect us at all if you took this story out of the torah if we never knew it existed nothing about the history of the jewish people would have been at all different right none of them know this happened this is all going on while we're puttering around doing other things and fetching and all of that stuff and so why is it here? Right? Like, you know, you don't tell people random stories that have nothing to do with their actual history. I mean, the Torah is precious space. So why is this whole gigantic story here? It's actually very, very weird if you think about it. So there must be some lesson that the story itself offers us that is valuable enough to include in such detail. So let's work through the story a little bit. Balak is the king of the Amorites um, or Moab. There's a lot of conflation. Don't worry about that so much. Um, And they see these people coming and they're very worried. Um, You know, the Israelites have just gone to to war and now they're going to come and destroy us also. So let's go hire Bilam this prophet, we just take for granted that we have a prophet named Billam who's not Jewish, not Israelite, yet communicates with God. That's also a very interesting thing to we just take for granted in this story, to go put a curse on them, right? And so he calls to Billam, sends a message and says, come put this curse on the people. I know that when you bless people, they're blessed and whoever you curse is cursed. Now, Billam, of course, has this response to Balak where he says, all right, Spend the night here, and I'll let you know what God tells me tonight, and I'll let you know in the morning. And so they sleep over, and God appears to Bilam at night. Bilam tells him what happens, and God says, "Nope, you don't go with those people. You cannot curse the Israelites because they are a blessed people." So Bilam wakes up in the morning and tells Balak's messengers, "Nope, gotta go home." God says, "Can't do it." They go back. They tell Balak, and Balak says, "No, no, 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 no." I'm not accepting that for an answer, sends better, more fancy messengers to try to convince him, clearly misunderstanding entirely what Billam is about and thinking that it's just that Billam is trying to, you know, play his chips. He, it is a negotiating tactic to get more fancy stuff, right? So Balak thinks that Billam is playing him. And so he sends fancier people and fancier gifts and says, come on, just do this. I'll give you whatever you want. And Bilam once again says you can give me anything you want, but I got to follow God. But if you want, you can stay here and let me see if God tells me anything else tonight. And then God has this interesting reaction to that, where God then that night says, all right, you can go with them, but just so you know, whatever I tell you, you're going to do. So in the morning, Balaam gets up, he goes with the Moabites But God gets very angry. Why does God get angry if God said he could go is also an excellent question. And then we have this whole incident with the donkey, right? That there's a man standing in the road with a donkey. The donkey, I mean, with a sword, excuse me. The donkey sees it, tries to run away. Balaam keeps hitting the donkey. Then the donkey starts talking and says, what have I done to you that you've beaten me these three times? And Balaam says, well, you've made a mockery of me, right? And if I had a sword with me, I would kill you. The donkey says, wait a minute, I've been good, I've been like this nice loyal donkey, I've never done anything weird or irrational, so why suddenly are you mad at me now? And only then does God uncover Billam's eyes so that he sees the man standing there with the with the sword, and he bows down. And the guy, you know, yells at him and says, why, um, you know, I came out to, to stop you, why are you hitting your donkey? It's me who's here to tell you, you should not be going to meet Balak. Balaam says, well, okay, I made a mistake. I didn't know that you were there. And if you still want me to turn around, I'll go around. But now the messenger says, nope, you should actually go, right? Poor Balaam in that sense. It's like getting, like, this is like mixed messages to the millionth degree. I mean, Bilum, I don't feel bad for Balaam, which we'll talk about in a minute, but like, you know, it, he's getting these most ridiculous messages. God at first says, don't go. And then God says, actually, if you want, you can go. We have to do what I say. So he says, okay, so he goes. And then there's this whole incident with the donkey and the man with the sword who says, well, I'm mad at you because you shouldn't have gone. So he says, dude, I'll turn around and go back. What's a big deal? And then the messenger says, no, it's okay. You know what? You can go anyway, right? I mean, it's kind of maddening. Um, it's almost like there's a breakdown of Bilham, and I don't think it's a breakdown because I don't think Bilham started with any principles, which we will also talk about in a minute. But it's important to just to you know recognize that this is a confusing, at the very least, um, probably perhaps even gaslighting type of situation. All right, so then the rest we're not going to go through, um, but the rest of the story is basically said that you know Bilum, tries three different times to curse the people. Well, Balak thinks he's going to curse the people, but he opens his mouth and all of these prayers come out. And Balak just gets increasingly angry, but Bilem says, well, you know, I kind of told you this is what was going to happen. And what can I do? Right? (laughs) I told you there was nothing else to happen, nothing else to say. So once again, what is the point of this whole story? What is it teaching us? Now, I've spent a lot of time thinking about Billam's character, right? Some we we have Gemaras that portray that Bilam is is the antithesis of Avraham, that Bilam is like the most evil person, that there's something really really terrible about him, um, and that you know the story of of. I think maybe perhaps alleging then that the reason the story would be in the Torah is to serve as a foil to all of our deacon, right? To all of the heroes in our story, in our, in our Torah, all the people we look up to, and to show that Bilam is like this evil opposite. But really, bilam he's got a lot more dimension. He's not evil. He's not really a bad guy. Right so what makes him this poor guy who's getting gaslit by God who has this whole long story who's got this king who's enraged at him and who ends up blessing the the Israelites and but gets I mean doesn't get any credit for it right like he's not viewed as a positive character so what is he what does he represent why is he important and i think if you think back to the whole story that we just went through you see that there's one personality trait of bilam that shines through in every single part of that story. And that is a profound, deep sense of apathy. And I would actually call it more than apathy. I would actually say uh, basically nihilism, that he is someone who just accepts instruction and doesn't really take any initiative of his own. And he simply exists, almost like in a robotic state. Right, so thinking about the, the events of the story through that lens specifically. So Balak says, hey, can you curse him? And Balaam says, I just say what God says. Right? Balaam doesn't have an agency for himself. I say what God says. I'll tell you what God says. Then he tells him what God says. And then the next time they come back and he says, well, I'll ask God again. Sure. No problem. And then God says, okay, you can go. Balaam doesn't have the sense to, you know, sometimes people tell us things they say yes, but they really mean no. And Sometimes it's it's well, it's a really irritating habit. Please don't do that, but just be honest. But sometimes also it is a little bit on us to to kind of read between the lines sometimes. Um there's no reading between the lines for Billum. Billum, he just hears what you say and he just goes with it. There's no emotional sophistication, there's no independent drive to do the right thing. He's really just kind of a puppet of his own life. Um Going through the motions of everything that he does, not seeing the man, you know, hitting the donkey. He doesn't even react when the donkey opens its mouth and starts talking to him. I mean, who doesn't react when a donkey start, that you're riding and starts talking to, or any donkey for that matter, right? But that's how neutral he is. That is how accepting of the world he is, that he doesn't even say, what, a talking donkey? He just responds. Um, it doesn't even register something that is strange. And I think that you see this point most poignantly. This story has my favorite ending of any story ever. I think it is hilarious. So after we have all of this story, we look at the last verse of chapter 24. Um, we have the whole story, everything. Balak is so angry at Billam. You expect the end of the story to be like, then Balak killed Billam, right? Just because he's so frustrated, he's so mad that he can't get the Israelites cursed. What is the last line of the story? Bilam, Then Bilam set on his journey, and he went back home, and Balak also went on his way. And you have this buildup of this tension between Balak and Bilam, and this, this sense that Balak is getting increasingly angry, and Bilam is getting increasingly grounded in what he has to say, and that like it's going to all come to a head. But instead of coming to a head, what happens? They both just go home. Now if ever there was a lesson in that line I think the lesson is absolutely that neither Bilam nor Balak Bullock, Balak's loss of our concern right now but that Bilam learned nothing from this story nothing about Bilam changed he just went through this whole thing, and then he went home, and then he just went back to his business. Nothing, he didn't grow, there was no lesson, he didn't then change his way and you know, become a prophet only for the Israelites, nothing. This is a man who literally just goes through the motions of his life. Some of us may be familiar with the quote, we believe in nothing, kind of, I want to the accent, but this kind of this nihilistic sense of Life has no meaning. I'm just here to just go through the motions of what I need to do, and that's it. There are no morals to it, and I think that that's a very important lesson for us, that it's not just about the connection to God. Bilam had a strong connection to God, but a connection to God, if you're not gonna use it, if you're not gonna turn it into a lesson, you're not gonna derive any morals from it, is completely useless. Shabbat shalom.